the fear that you have is real because as human beings are we're designed to belong we're designed to mm-hmm. to come together and so i think that it's okay to feel the feeling right mm-hmm. feel the feeling of feeling rejected or feeling the feeling of hey i'm i may not be accepted and to face that and to really say okay i know that that's going to be there but i have to be true to myself mm-hmm. or i'm looking forward to a long life of regret Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast with Janelle and Eddie Copeland. How are you, Mr. Copeland? What? How you doing? I am fantastic. This is episode number 23, and we've had lots of great conversation about this particular topic. So I'll tell you the title. Episode number 23, How to Push Past Rejection. This is the Jordan episode. Jordan? Like Michael Jordan. What? Because he's number 23. Oh, goodness. (laughs) You just come from left field sometimes, and most of the time I don't know what you're talking about, but... Here I am. Oh, yeah. Caught up now. Yeah, you're <laughs> <laughs> present. So, well, really quick, this brings me, this reminds me of the Kobe Bryant thing. And yeah. I will just tell you, we were definitely impacted by the death of Kobe Bryant. Yeah. I mean, we recorded the episode, um, episode number 21. Um, yeah. Episode number 21. And within 30 minutes, literally 30 minutes, I would had. We drove away, got to work, and turned on the radio and then was hit with all of the news all at one time. Yeah, and I think um, it set me into a spiral when we found out Gianna was on the plane or on the helicopter, his 13-year-old. So uh, if you're listening to this, which hopefully we're glad that you're here, by the way, but if you're listening to this, this has you know, now happened weeks ago. And I'm saying all this to let you know that we haven't addressed it yet on the episode or on the podcast, but we have talked about it in great detail about the perspective of life being short. And you just never know what could happen um, in great detail with lots of family members and our students and people close to us. And I talked to some people about it. And I think one of the things that, that comes up is like, the question of why, right? And I think what ends up happening is that we ask these questions that we can never, ever answer. But I will tell you in the weeks following, um, when you when tragedy happens, it, it was amazing to see the amount of love, the amount of compassion, you know, people ending um, grudges that they've had for a long time. And it's sad that obviously tragedy has to lead to that. But I think that if you were to ask why, I think you can see that when people come together, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that those are things that happen, unfortunately, when when there's death, as people come together. And yeah. I think that that is, is an amazing thing. And I think that Kobe and, and everyone on that helicopter united a lot of people 
that needed to be united because life has to move forward and it has to go on. And what was crazy was I got the news and like the, the radio was on and it was I was like devastated because it, I had just heard it. But this was a simple reminder that life always has to move on, even though the worst things happen. Mm-hmm. There was a commercial. Mm-hmm. Like literally you think when something traumatic happens, the world should stop. Mm-hmm. But there was a commercial right after just to kind of remind you that although you may stop, although you may pause, although you may be in shock, although you may be hurt, life will move on with or without you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a cold reality, but it also reminds us that we have to put ourselves together. We have to show up every single day. And even though you you may be dealing with something traumatic, like you have to keep showing up and you got to keep persevering. And it was just one of those things where all these emotions all at one time was was happening for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that the emotions are still kind of coming for me. You and I were sitting next to each other the other day and I pulled up Instagram and Vanessa Bryant had posted something and I read it and I just started sobbing. You know, she's trying to cope through not only the loss of her best friend, her husband, but also her 13 year old child. And I think that just it's unimaginable the type of grief and loss that she might be going through. And so we've said lots of prayers as many people have, but she posted today was the first time she actually posted. And I don't know if you saw it, but she says, I've been reluctant to put my feelings into words. My brain refuses to accept that both Kobe and Gigi are gone. I can't process both at the same time. It's like I'm trying to process Kobe being gone, but my body refuses to accept that my Gigi will never come back to me. It feels wrong. Why should I be able to wake up another day when my baby girl isn't being able to have that same opportunity? I'm so mad. She had so much life to live. Then I realized that I need to be strong to be here for my three daughters. You know, she's mad that, wait, mad I'm not with Kobe and Gigi, but thankful that I'm here with Natalia, Bianca, and Capri. I know that what I'm feeling is normal. It's part of the grieving process. I just wanted to share in case there's anyone else out there that's experienced a loss like this. And I will Mm. just tell you, it's catastrophic. And- I just haven't stopped thinking about her since all this happened because, you know, you look at your own children. I look at you. You're kind of similar to Kobe, tall guy, (laughs) black guy, goatee, bald head. I mean, I look at you and I just feel like we, I feel like there's similarities. You know, we have all daughters and I mean, back in the day, you used to love basketball, not that she played in the NBA or anything, but I just feel like my heart goes out to her. So This is just a quick little kind of shout out because we haven't discussed it on the podcast yet. And it's interesting because the day that we filmed episode number 21, which was was with Dr. Jim Reeves, hopefully you guys listen to that. I'm telling you, even if you're not religious, um, I hope you didn't like push past that episode because there was so much magic in there. And anyways, we were supposed to record an intro for that, you know, episode and we just been so distraught that we we didn't do it. We just sent it off and we were like, it's done, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, the last thing I would say about that, I was shaken and a lot of my friends were shaken. It was a day, it's definitely a day that grown men cried. I know mm-hmm. that everyone cried, but it was definitely a day that grown men really, you know, put away their ego and, and was, they were, I know all my friends were very, very affected by by that. And, 
when you grow up with someone, and I say that like as if Kobe was my friend, but mm-hmm. I think that many people felt that same way because you let him, you let him into your house and into your household, into your life, and you watch everything. Yeah. Right. The good, the bad, the ugly, and so to see that that person left this earth so soon, so early in his life, and to also see from an inspirational standpoint what you can achieve in forty-one years. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get our lives yeah, right. Yeah, and it was it was definitely. I think when people got past the morning, and I'm not saying people are past that, but as people went through the emotions, I think there was an inspiration of saying, "Wow, I need to make the most out of my life," because you right. just never know when you're going to leave this earth. And it reminded me to hug a little bit tighter, to love a little bit harder, to remember that there are people that I need to make sure I connect with. So um, that's what I will take from this whole Kobe thing. Yeah, for me, it's just a reminder to have reverence for your life. Yeah. Just like every day, it's not promised to you. And if you woke up today blessed and you woke up trying to bring in the problems from yesterday and all of the issues and the resentment and the people that pissed you off, you might want to let that go because, yeah. you know, today may be your last day. And um, I hope that's not the case, but that's definitely a reality check for me. So, Moving on. Yeah. And so now to kind of lighten things up a little bit, this is our special what in the world segment, right? Oh, is it? You have a what in the world? (laughs) Yeah. I remember I told you about the what in the world. Uh, So I had a what in the world situation where um, someone called me a liar. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so uh, (laughs) when you are talking to a stranger and you're talking to a stranger about something and you're trying to help them Mm -hmm. with something... And I'm helping this person. This and is at work. By this the is way. at work, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to de- to describe. I'm trying to provide some information, mm-hmm. and that person turns to you and says, "No, you're lying." <laughs> like, what do you say? Actually, I'm not lying. <laughs> I did. I don't know. I don't know that I've been called a liar very yeah, often. Yeah. So, for, the, for everyone listening, if you've ever been called a liar by a complete stranger. It can cut you off guard. Right. But my thought process is, <laughs> at first I thought, what in the world? You don't even know what I'm talking about. And so I asked that. I said, do you even know what I'm talking about? And she says, no. I said, then how do you know I'm lying? And she says, I don't. I said, then take it back. <laughs> take it back. I pointed at her and said, take it back. And she said, okay, I take it back. Okay. And I said, first of all, you. what in the I world? That. Because you cannot be at work telling somebody, take it back. <laughs> You called me a name. Take it back. Yeah, <laughs> I think that is that is the most appropriate. You know, it's a childish thing. It doesn't show it a lot is. of maturity. He but tells I think me it's this the story, most you guys. Appropriate thing to do. I'm like, what are you two? You told her to take it back. You told a complete stranger that called you a name to take it back. Take yeah. back the name that she. Called and for you. now on, that's how I'm going to handle any type of name, any type of name calling that I receive. I'm going to handle it by saying, "Take it back," because I think that. <laughs> We get so worked up. We get so upset about all these different things. And what do they say? No, no, I'm not taking it back. I'm saying, well, you better. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're like two. So I think it can definitely catch people off guard. And if you effectively get people to start taking things back, then, you know, you can just kind of right the wrong. Right. And so um, just imagine last time somebody told you to take it back. I'm pretty sure you comply. I'm pretty sure I was in second grade. <laughs> take it back. Yeah. Okay. It seemed logical. I when mean, you're now a kid. there's no givesy backsies. Yeah. So what yeah. if she would have told you that? Nope. No givesy backsies. I'm going to say, well, I'm not going to help you unless you take it back. 
<laughs> so so uh, that's my word in the world. So if you have someone that calls you a name or uh, accuses you of something and you know they're dead wrong, uh, simply and politely back. back say, take it back. Oh, and when they do, gosh. thank them for that because obviously they've just removed something awful from the universe. <laughs> this is out of control. I don't know if you get free reign of... <laughs> Taking over a segment going forward. And that is our segment of what in the world. Okay. Well, back to business. This is episode (laughs) number 23. And the title of this episode is How to Push Past Rejection, Sir. Mm. So one of the reasons why we chose this title is because um, we feel like currently our students, our business students that are trying to take their businesses to the next level, we are in the current module of sales. And when we yeah. get to the selling module, uh, you know, that requires you putting yourself out there sometimes and dealing with rejection. And for some reason, these students at, you know, when it's your business, it's your product, you put yourself out there, they forget that like you walk into a Nike store and you don't always buy something, Right. you know, you get advertised to all day long and you don't always buy something. People ask you as a consumer for a sale all the time and you don't always partake in the sale, right? Yeah. But it, when it's you, it's rejection and right. it's scary and it's hurtful and it leaves a scar sometimes and it destroys your confidence and lots of other things. Yeah. I read this this article that said that the fear of rejection, when it, primarily when it comes to sales, has cost our economy f- at least $3 trillion a year. Hmm. Something crazy because mm-hmm. of the fact that people are or have so much fear for sales. So they never ask for the sale. They don't engage in sales conversations. They don't get to know people. They don't do any of those things um, because of the fact that they're, they fear rejection. And so what they do is they stay away from a, a, a conversation that should be designed to influence someone to do something and to act. Mm-hmm. And let me just tell you guys out there, if you're not a salesperson, which all of us are, we're constantly selling ourselves. Whether if you're the, a parent, you are yeah, in sales. It, let me you tell are you. constantly trying to either influence or persuade someone. The reality is, is that that is a is a skill that you have to learn. Mm-hmm. But most things that are good for people, people have to be influenced and persuaded to do that. This mm-hmm. is, for example, Health and fitness. Mm-hmm. You got to persuade and you got to convince someone to do healthy things. Yeah, you got to make you the gym un- membership <laughs> cheap. You got to put yeah. the workout clothes people on People know sale. they need to work out, but yeah. you still got to convince them, right? Right. Getting on a budget. You got to convince people. Yeah. Right. You got to like, you know, you got all the stuff that's necessary for life. You have to convince people. Yeah. So think about all those things. And so when people tell me, oh, I don't like sales or I don't want to be salesy, I'm like, you do realize like, Everything in life that are that's good for people, mm-hmm. you got to convince them, mm-hmm. you got to influence them because people are either f- scared of it or they 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 don't have the discipline, they don't have the motivation and Isn't you got to help them. Isn't that funny cuz the yeah. stuff that's bad for you doesn't require any convincing. No. Because there's always a line at Jack in the Box. There's always a line at McDonald's. No one is trying to sell you no on one. gambling. <laughs> they just they just put up a up. casino and you just show up, right? Right. Like the strip club does not go outside and say, hey, you want to come in? The strip club. <laughs> because people just go in automatically. I mean, automatically. they kind of do. There's billboards, I guess. Yeah, but that's just to let you know where it's at. 
It's not like uh, you, it's not like experiment, right? <laughs> it's not like please come in. You know, let, let me show you how how amazing our club is. No, it's just like here. I want to make sure you have the address. So okay, where are we it. going with this but exactly? What, what I'm saying is, is when you think about the fear of rejection, uh, one of the key things that, about rejection is that it's irrational. The fear, meaning that the consequence of rejection is not actually real, mm-hmm. although the pain that people actually feel. Is it actually takes the same pathway as physical pain in our brains. And there's always Tylenol for that. Right. So <laughs> I was this reading- article we read just now said like one of the side effects of rejection can be a headache or something. And it's well, no, it's saying Tylenol that- can help with that. I'm like, wait. <laughs> Yeah. Did that Google so they search did, really they did, tell you that you needed Tylenol to face <laughs> rejection? That's some BS right there. Yeah, they did a, They did research and then they said that before they were talking to people about their fears or putting them in a position where they had to face their fears, it gave them Tylenol because it actually helps ridiculous. them with That was paid for by Tylenol, by the way. And this episode is not. So we're going to give you some other tactical practices. <laughs> but a list of things that I think people fear being rejected for are um, like being rejected in relationships or in marriage. The first thing I think of is sex, right? Someone initiates sex, you get rejected. Now, I don't know. What are you sad? Yeah. Well, I think in every marriage, I think even in our marriage, when we went through, I I feel like we went through a period of time, which most marriages go through. Yeah. After I had a child and my body reproduced a human. And you just weren't into sex for whatever reason. Because I'm I'm not even going to get into this for the viewers or for the listeners. But But I think that for men in in their marriage, Mm -hmm. I think when women go through the change that they go through after having kids, a lot of men don't understand that right but can and I so, just tell you I want to teach I want to do a TED talk on that like yeah. all of you young people that have not had children yet and you're just in love with this idea of being happily married and plus baby makes three can I just tell you the child will ruin your marriage like in the first <laughs> at least first year oh yeah especially- the woman's hormones are all messed up yeah. like your body now is out of whack like you're just looking at I just remember like looking at my boobs when I was breastfeeding, just like, why the hell is there milk coming out of them? Like, I didn't ask the milk to come out. Like, yeah. I, And you thought that they were for something else. And I was just completely disgusted like yeah. with all of it. You know, like <laughs> I was disgusted with my own body. I was disgusted with you wanting you to touch didn't feel it. Sexy. I was. Oh, yeah. And so it was like, I totally get the rejection. So back to my list. Can I finish my list? So (laughs) people feel rejected in relationships. They feel rejected, like we're talking about around sex, but sometimes it's around time. Like you were saying, like sometimes, you know, wives, they just want time from their husband and maybe the husband wants to play video games or hang out with his friends or do something else. So you can be rejected with time. Yeah. I think people um, really, they're, very frightened when it comes to career or business rejection, like asking for a promotion, asking for more money, asking for something for help, maybe from your boss. Right. And then I titled it kind of social rejection, like talking to a stranger, making new friends. Yeah. Making new friends. What if they don't like me? Uh, what if they don't accept me? What if they don't think I'm cool? What if I'm not pretty enough or successful what, enough? Yeah, and this is what kids go through at mm-hmm. school is that social re- acceptance, the, the social acceptance and, and then the fear of not being accepted and being rejected because 
maybe you're different or maybe you're a different your skin color. All those different things kind of play a part in those things. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I would tell you that I hear the most, uh, especially is with families rejecting people because of their choice of uh, or, or their sexual orientation. Right. Or, you know, and I think that that is a hard thing, right? And when you think about the fact that these re- the fear of rejection from psychology today said that the fear of rejection is an irrational fear, mm-hmm. but I think for many people, the consequences for them are really real, right? If yeah. I come out to my family about who I am, uh, I possibly may have to move out. I possibly may lose my family, mm-hmm. right? And so although there may not be physical pain, that's traumatic. Oh, absolutely. We have quite a few friends right now that are dealing with this, whether they're colleagues or friends of our kids, whatever. Lots of people that we are close with right now are really fearful of disrupting the harmony of their relationships with their families. And that saddens me to no end because obviously I feel like we're overly accepting of anything that our children do. And I realize that not everyone is like that, but it just pains my heart to see someone not be able to be true to who they are because like the alternative is like, I can be happy and come out to my parents and share my sexuality or my preference of whatever it is that I know they'll disapprove. So rather than being rejected by them or not accepted, then I'll just make myself small and kind of hide behind this. Right. That hurts my heart. Yeah. And so, and I won't pretend like we have answers for that because we've never dealt with that personally, mm-hmm. but I, I, I would say that there's so much power and so much strength. And anytime I see someone take that stand and, and, and come out and, and declare to the world of who they are, I always think that, man, that takes a lot of courage. Oh, right? so much because, courage. Because, you know, I would tell you as being a minority, being black, um, I didn't have a- You're you know, black? Uh, yes, I I'm am. I'm just kidding. For those <laughs> listeners, I am black. Um, I think if you think about what, what black people had to go through you know, let's say 100, 200 years, I don't think many people would say, yeah, let me just, I want to be black. I want to go through that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I look at that and I say, wow, to know that you may be ostracized or or criticized for who you are and to say, hey, you know what? Although I could hide, right, Mm -hmm. which black people can't really hide, but for being gay, you could hide, Mm -hmm. but you decide, no, I'm going to actually stand up and and tell the world who I am. Mm -hmm. I just think that is a tremendous amount of courage and and a tremendous amount of bravery. So I think that that is something I think that is hard to do for many people. And I applaud people who do that. I think that the one thing that I think they can find courage is other people have found ways of doing that and found strength in the fact that they connect with other people, even if they do lose their family in the process. Yeah. Well, really quick to kind of tie it back into the race thing that you're talking about, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, there was a thing called jungle fever. You know, Mm -hmm. you couldn't really be in an interracial relationship without it having a title or a name. So fast forward 20, 30 years later, it's not a thing. Right. I mean, there are some people that are going to frown upon it, but for the most part, people are mixed all the time now. Do you right? say we have jungle fever? I guess we have jungle fever. <laughs> but the thing is, is like our, this generation doesn't even know what that is. Yeah, That's so like, ridiculous, right? About? Okay, look it so up as a movie with Wesley Snipes. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing it up, though, is because I believe that for 
gender equality and the LGBT community is going through kind of this era right now where they're paving the way. And I feel like in the next 20 years, this is going to be that. Like there are so many people, so many more people now that are openly gay, choosing whatever it is they want to believe in or support or who they want to love that 15, 20 years ago was not even at all acceptable. And now you have CEOs of large companies that are Mm -hmm. supporting the gay pride parade and things like that. And so I definitely think that we've made some positive strides, but in the next 20 years, I think we're going to make a ton more. So back to rejection though. Yeah. Right. So the point of this, we were having many conversations about a lot of the friends that we have right now that are facing lots of rejection or potential rejection from their family, lack of acceptance type of thing. What kind of suggestions do we have for them? I think that the most important thing is to realize that that the fear that you have is real because as human beings are we're designed to belong. We're designed to mm-hmm. to come together. Especially so, from the people you love the most. Yeah. Right? And so I think that it's okay to feel the feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Feel the feeling of of feeling rejected or feeling a feeling of, hey, I'm I may not be accepted. And to face that and to really say, okay, I know that that's going to be there, but I have to be true to myself Mm -hmm. or I'm looking forward to a long life of regret. And I think that the power and the the pain of regret is chronic, Mm -hmm. where rejection may last for a certain amount of time. But if you're going to live with something, I would rather live with rejection than regret. Yeah, because just like we talked about when we started this podcast, life is short. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I have a choice. I can say, hey, you know what? I've decided to live the life I want to live in the way I want to live it. And then, yes, I'm going to have to deal with the rejection in certain aspects of my life. But I'm sure that I can build a community around myself that helps me feel like I belong. Right. And yeah. I think that that is something that's super important. But the first thing is you do just have to accept that you are going to be rejected. And I think that this is not just for people who are dealing with their sexuality. I think this is for anything that you want to do in this world. If you want to stand for anything, you have to understand you are also going to repel some people as well. Yeah. And I think, though, that if you don't stand up and face the rejection, the effects, like the side effects of kind of staying where you're at and just accepting like your reality is going to be more painful than accepting whatever consequences may come with the rejection. So for example, like let's say you're in a job and you really want to ask for a raise or a promotion or you want to put yourself out there, you're fearful of rejection, right? It's going to make you, it it won't make you feel better to not put yourself out there and face the rejection. Right. It'll just make you kind of resentful that nothing's happening. Yeah. Resentful that there's not a change, resentful that you don't get the money and then you'll just be living in the what if or worse, the disappointment of not standing up for yourself. So I think the effects of not taking action or facing the rejection could be far greater, right? You wind up not speaking up for yourself. You're making yourself small. You're hiding behind this business and this magical product that the world won't know about because you refuse to put yourself out there in fear of getting rejected. 
you're not approaching the boss like you should or approaching the spouse because you want to have sex or whatever it is. You're living this life that's not really you'll, real. And you'll never know. Right. Right. And I think that the re- like we talked about uh, before where there's nothing more clear than failure. Right. Right. There's nothing more clear than a rejection. Right. And so if you can understand that that pain will be there, you're going to have to feel the pain and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. But once you do it, at least, you know, at least, you know, where you stand, at least, you know, how you measure up, at least, you know, that your product that you came up with, it worked or it didn't work uh, or people are interested in what you do, whatever it is, like you are very clear when you know that you faced rejection and, and you came out the other side. And I feel like the initial rejection might hurt. Maybe you can kind of slightly prepare yourself. I do fear casting. Like what's the worst thing that could happen, right. right? So, you know, whatever it is that you're fearful of rejection in this case, what's the worst that could actually happen? Because I'll tell you what, you're not going to die. <laughs> I'll just tell you that right now. You won't die. Right. Um, you won't die from rejection. You can die from a lot of other things, but you definitely won't die from being rejected. (laughs) So that I think that's a big part of like understanding that when people say it's an irrational fear, it's a fear that you feel that that it almost feel it feels like it's real, but the reality that is not. Yep, it's your imagination. And it, when your imagination, when you you suffer more in your imagination than in reality, that is a true quote, as a true statement. Because if you allow your imagination to create the rejection before the rejection actually happens, then you are allowing yourself to actually induce physical pain before pain is actually actually happening right. before you actually are going through anything for real. So and that's I, a crazy thing in itself. Yeah. Well, one of my notes for like how to overcome rejection, like a couple of habits that have helped me. First one, you won't die. That's just number, <laughs> number one. one. <laughs> yeah. Number two, you got to be okay being you. Mm. Like you've got to know that whatever it is that you're fearful of potentially facing a rejection for, that's calling you. Right. And that's who you really are. That's what you really want. That's a desire that you have. It's a product you want to put out there. It's a raise that you want. It's the girlfriend that maybe you want to marry and you're fearful she doesn't want to be with you or the girl you want to approach or whatever it is. Like, it's you. Like, you got to be okay being you. And being anything else other than you is going to make you completely miserable. Yeah. And I think that when you're not you, you're constant, constantly seeking acceptance, meaning that you're altering yourself to mm-hmm. fit in. Yep. Um, you're probably compromising your values and your integrity so that you are accepted. You are constantly killing parts of yourself so that people will accept parts of you. So I'm telling you right now, if you're telling me if I face rejection, I won't die but I will have to kill myself a part of my well-being if I make myself small and don't face my fears. A hundred percent. So basically you will die if you don't face rejection. Well, yeah, because <laughs> the thing is, is that when you don't face rejection and you fearful of it, you are self-sabotaging yourself, yeah. right? You're you're literally saying- You're I don't self-sabotaging want- your happiness. Right. Oh, yeah. well, that, that you stop the podcast right there. I know. So you may as well put it all out on the line, face the rejection rather than like faking the funk and being someone that you're not even happy with or you don't even recognize or you're not fulfilled with. Right. 
So yeah, yeah. Done. And, and the thing that the funny thing is, I said this to someone the other day. I just someone was just reminded me this today. It's, someone said, "I'm not going to be happy unless you do this for me." And I said, "I am not here to negotiate your happiness." Mm. And I think that when you think about facing rejection or when you think about avoiding rejection or you think about not doing things because you are fearful of the, of the p- fear, you are negotiating your happiness. Mm-hmm. You're literally saying, I'd rather trade the value that I fear of this fear than actually feeling being happy and being able to step into my happiness. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy thing to, to think about, right? Yeah. Choose you, boo. <laughs> yeah. Choose you. I will tell you that facing rejection builds it will help you build the confidence to face it again. Right. Because it'll give you that momentum and that confidence that like, oh, okay, she's right. I didn't die. Mm -hmm. So let me ask for something else that's audacious, right? That has definitely helped me build momentum and my confidence over the years. Yeah. For sure. And I think one of the things I think that's unique about you is that I don't ever see you really struggle with with the fear of rejection. I mean, have you? I've been rejected more times than I can count, but I don't think I care, to be honest. Like, I feel like I'm not going to be authentic to myself if I don't show up as the person that I'm supposed to be. Where did that come from for you? Um, I think it was, I was rejected. So, for example, we were talking about like, well, when was the last time you were rejected? I can tell you in just like the last 10 years when we didn't have enough money for me to start my business, I had to ask friends and family. Like I had to sell them on the dream of what I was trying to do to ask for, I was trying to raise capital to start my business. And you know how difficult that is to like call up a friend and not, I'm not asking for five bucks. I'm asking for you to invest in this dream based on my potential and my capabilities And there's a really good chance you're going to say no. And I will tell you out of maybe the hundred people I talked to, maybe three people were able to help me, (laughs) but I'll tell you what, I got better with my pitch. Yeah. I got better at positioning what it was that I was telling people I was going to do. And I think that I said it so many times that ultimately I wound up believing it. Yeah. Like I was telling people, oh, we're going to be successful. Like it's going to be, you know, a recognized, established business in the community. You're going to miss out on this opportunity to see something really amazing happen. You should want to support this because people are raving about this, right? Like I was selling it and I didn't even know that the repetition was giving me more confidence. And then when I went into the bakery and actually made it happen, when I was selling my baked goods, it was like already kind of a part of me now because I just needed you to buy some stuff because I had already sold myself to get here. Yeah. So I just want to say, because you said something I want to go back to, but I also want to ask you this, like, Knowing so many of the stories of so many people that we that you see today that mm-hmm. have found so much success, the Michael Jordan being they've cut all from, overcome right. overcame rejection. So knowing all that and knowing that rejection is something that people dealt with, mm-hmm. how were you fueled by it? Because it sounded like you, like when you t- when you were articulating. Because I want to make sure people who are listening to this who are dealing with this right now, whether they are trying to ask, they, they, they are fearful asking for a promotion at work or ask for more money or starting their business or asking, like maybe they're trying to be better at sales, whatever it is. How did it fuel you? Well, 
well, can I just tell you just to like hammer home the whole rejection thing? I remember when I first decided I wanted to get into the baking industry, I went to Le Cordon Bleu, the baking, um, the pastry school, and I applied and I got rejected there. Like they wouldn't accept me and I didn't qualify for any student loans. I So I was like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. I'm going to have to be self-taught then, right? That was embarrassing that I didn't even qualify to get into the school. Okay, whatever, move on. What's next, right? Be resourceful. Then I remember as we built up the business, I was like hearing all this BS about, oh, minority women, they're giving out money left and right for people to start businesses. That's kind of a bullshit lie. I'm just going <laughs> to let you know. Nobody gives out free money, right. especially if you have n- like nothing, no credibility, no collateral. And so I got rejected for loans like crazy because we had just signed, yeah. you know, filed bankruptcy because we lost our jobs. Looking back now, knowing what I know about securing funding and capital, why did I think that anybody would give me money when we had right. just filed bankruptcy and I had no way to pay it back, right? But I was rejected then. I was also rejected the first two spots that I wanted. Like I reached out. I also tried to buy a bakery. Like this, mm-hmm. these people were going out of business. I was trying to negotiate with them, got rejected there. So, I mean, there were places where I was like learning about zoning and they were like, no, you can't put this business here. Got rejected there. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, but what kept you like going? What fueled you? I think it was just like, I was going to do it regardless. Like I was just going to find a workaround and I was going to make it happen because it was something that was really important to me. And so I think that those of you that are trying to figure out, like if you can muster up the courage to potentially be rejected, the rejection, we said it earlier, but the rejection is far less painful than regret. Yeah. So I think that I think is a big one. But I think also like when you think about your dream of what you're trying to create, I think it pulls you through and it gives you the resilience you need to actually take all that rejection. Yeah. And I I think that sometimes when when people struggle with like the resilience that it's required to go through rejection, I think a lot of times what's lost is they don't really know why they want what they want. They're, they're maybe they're not clear on their goals and they're not clear on their vision for their life. That sometimes when you think about what you truly want, you're willing to go through anything to get it. Mm-hmm. Even the things you're most afraid of, you're willing to do that. And I think that that's the on the backbone of a lot of the stories that you hear about Oprah, about, you know, you know Mike, Michael Jordan and all these different people that overcame rejection they start getting really centered on, this is what I want. I'm willing to go through anything to get it. Well, I think if you fight to get whatever that thing is, then you're definitely going to know how to defend it when you have it. Right. And if you, like if if success is given to you easily, then you won't know how to defend it when you're there and it's being Mm. questioned. So I think that that momentum and that resilience and that confidence is all required. It's part of the journey so that when you get the thing and you're standing on top of it, you now know how to fight and defend it. Right. And protect it. Right. Right. So I think it's all required. Yeah. And then last, another tip I would give you guys who's who's listening right now, because I know all of you are listening, all thousands of you, millions. <laughs> One of the things I think that has helped me 
is it's important to disassociate yourself, your identity from the thing that you're being rejected from. So what I mean by that is like if I'm going for a position, if I'm going for a, a particular job or whatever it may be or it's my career and I get rejected, the one thing I don't want to do is self-identify myself with the rejection, meaning that I take it you're so personal that I make myself the loser. Mm-hmm. I am getting rejected. And I think that that is so important because especially in in relationships someone may be going through something in in their own minds like you were like you know when jordan was born like mm-hmm. you're going through the change in your body and me being rejected or feeling rejected had nothing to do with me yeah. but you take it you internalize it and you make it personal and you say it's something wrong with me or i'm not enough and i think that so often we associate ourselves with the rejection Instead of saying, well, you're being rejected because your skills are not good enough yet. Mm-hmm. And so if you focused on getting better at something, then you better have an opportunity. Or maybe the fact that the, the products that you're coming out with are not as good as you want them to be yet. Mm-hmm. And so it's, instead of it being something that you are identifying yourself with, with the rejection, you need to disassociate yourself and move it to the side and say, OK, it was it was the products or the services or, or my skills that were rejected, not me. Yeah, you just touched on three of my my key takeaways for ha- overcoming uh, rejection, which was good. So number one was like, or number two was silence your inner critic. Mm. And you said that already, like, don't let the negative self-talk like overpower you. And then you said my next one, which was don't think that it's all about you. Like there's likely another part of the story, right? If you're being rejected by someone, it's likely like beyond your scope of understanding. So I know that there was a time where you were rejected for a promotion that you went after. Yeah, They said no, you didn't get the promotion and before you had a chance to sulk about it and, you know, let that inner critic creep in, they said no, because they wanted to offer you a better position. Yeah. But absolutely. you didn't know that at the time. I did time, not know that. Right. Yeah. So don't think it's all about you. Mm-hmm. And that leads me into the next one, like be constructive and focus on what you can learn from it. And mm-hmm. you touched on that too. And I think that it's all a learning, like everything absolutely. that we're talking to you guys about week after week, it's all just life trying to teach you how to prepare for a promotion, how to prepare for the rejection, how to prepare for the victory, how to prepare for defending it when it's in question, right? Yeah. And it's and just I'll, all preparation. And I'll just add something to that. And I think that we've we've agreed about this before. Sometimes you just got to look at life, and whether it be business, whether it be in your career, is that it's a game. You got to gamify mm-hmm. it. And because... When you when you were a kid or maybe as an adult, you played games, you won and you lost. And yeah, you may have been frustrated, but you didn't like internalize it. Right. It became one of those things where you said, OK, I learned I got better. You, you died. You, you started the game all over again. You kept coming back. You kept coming back. You kept coming back. You kept making adjustments. And I think that that is important, especially when you're trying to understand this game of life. It's like you're not always going to be accepted. You're not always going to win. And when you don't, what adjustments are you willing to make uh, so that the next time you show up, you show up even better? And then yeah. when you don't get it this, that time, what adjustments are you willing to make to make sure that you're even better than you were? And I think that so often, and especially a lot of the conversations I have with people, they're so caught up in this idea that if I'm rejected, I'll never be accepted. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. 
Yeah, I think when God or, well, Pastor Jim Reeves talked about this, right? You have to decipher, is the door being closed on me because there's something better? Am I being redirected because this is not really my path anyways, right? Mm -hmm. And I've shared this many times, but um, we attended uh, Oprah's soul session, super soul session, and Carrie Washington was there. It was one of my favorite key takeaways. This was, what, four years ago, Drea and I went to this. And Oprah says, I understand that you have a relationship with God. And when you pray, you get answers. Tell me about that. And she said, when I pray to God and I ask for something, he gives me one of three answers. He says, yes, you can have that. And then I get it, right? Or no, not right now Mm -hmm. is the second answer. So no, not right now means no, but it means just not right now, right? Or the third answer is no, because there's something better in store for you. Yeah. That completely changed my perspective on me trying to jam things and make them work and want them my way on my terms at my time. It completely changed the way that I accept rejection and look at failure because I was like, okay, just not right now. Yeah, I'm just going to take this as a not right now. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to take this as a not yet, <laughs> right? Right, right. Versus no, never. Or I'm, you're not enough. Right. Or, you know, and, and those, I may not be enough right now. Right. But that's just right now. And I think that that is a big thing. That, that mean, helps you channel the learning, though. Uh, yes. And I think that takes humility. Mm-hmm. I think that when you can reduce your ego and especially when it comes to career-based things and even in relationships if you if someone doesn't want to be with you it has nothing to do with you it has everything to do with them and i think that once you start to really say okay i am enough for myself or i may not be enough for this particular position yet and i'm willing to work at it you're willing to put put away your ego and actually have humility to grow and i think that when we talk about fear of rejection, fear of rejection really comes down to two things. Whether you fear that you won't be loved or you fear that you're not enough. Mm -hmm. And if you can really get a center of understanding of that you have to love yourself and you have to know that you may not be enough right now for certain things that you're willing to grow. That'll strengthen your self-esteem right there. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. And then I think the last thing is just like, you got to keep going Mm -hmm. regardless. There's a really, really cool YouTube video that we'll link in the show notes for you. But we saw this years ago and we've shared it with hundreds of people. But there's a guy uh, did a TED talk and he said, I was really, really stifled by rejection. So he starts Googling, like, how do I overcome rejection? And guess what the answer was? face the rejection, (laughs) get rejected more and more. Right. So he like laughs about it and he goes, okay, well then I'm going to start a challenge and I'm going to do like 30 days of rejection. No, he does it a hundred days hundred days of of rejection. Right. So Google tells me that in order to overcome my fear of rejection, I must first be rejected. Remember, we talked about the momentum, building the confidence, like this stuff is real, right? absolutely. So he does this 100 days of rejections challenge. First day, he goes to a coworker like at lunch and he goes, he runs up to him. He goes, I'm going to ask him for 100 bucks. I'm going to ask him to borrow some money. I, oh, was it? Yeah, okay. his guy. I thought it was it. someone at his job, though. Yeah. Well, anyways, you guys can watch it. But he asks, him, <laughs> "Hey, man, uh, can I borrow some money?" And the guy goes, "Dude, no." No, he said, "For what?" 
and then he walked away. No, I don't think so. Yeah, he well, when you watch it, you'll see. But he walks over to the guy asking for money. He goes, "No, for what?" And then the guy go, and he just runs away. He doesn't right. like he doesn't answer. And he goes, "I realize." He said no, but he also wanted to know why I was asking. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I think he realized that he ran away before he could even say, well, this is why yeah. or, you know, whatever. So the second day he decides that he's going to go up to he's having lunch at a burger place and he just like he knows he's going to get rejected. But he goes up to the counter after he's done eating and he goes, hey, man, I just want you to know I really liked your burgers. Can I get a burger refill? <laughs> and the guy goes, uh, no, <laughs> we don't do that here. And he goes, oh, OK, thanks. Maybe you should consider it. I really like your burgers. And yeah. the guy goes, OK, well, thanks. Yeah. Right? So then he started watching himself like and how he was responding to the rejection. And then he realized that all he needed to do was just ask a couple more questions. So as the days progressed, you guys, it was really magical what happened because he wound up just taking it a further step and just asking a few follow up questions. And then he wound up getting way more yeses than he got no's. Yeah. So one of the days of rejection, he knocks on someone's door and says, hey, do you mind if I plant this plant in your backyard? And this guy goes, no. You can't plant that in my backyard. So the guy goes, well, if you don't mind me asking why? And he goes, because I'll kill it. No, he go said my across, dogs would will kill it. My dogs would dig it up. He goes, like that. go across the street and ask Martha. Martha <laughs> over there, she loves plants. She'd be happy to let you plant yeah. that in her backyard. So what does he do? That opened that one question opened up a referral another point of contact, someone mm -hmm. that could potentially say yes, right? And then he goes over across the street. Martha happily lets him, oh, yes, please come in. So this, you guys, is 100 days of rejection. Yeah. And clearly, like what we're telling you, he built up the confidence. He built up the resilience. And then he just learned so much about the fact that he was so just afraid in the beginning that he wasn't even able to ask the right questions to get the yes. And I think that through that process, and I hope you guys caught that, when you do that, you get so much evidence that shows and tells you that the rejection that you fear is not that bad at all. Right. And that you won't die, that if you face it, that you may even learn some things about it. And then also when you go through something like that, you builds up so much resilience that you can take on even bigger and bigger and bigger things in your life, which I think puts you in a place where you minimize the amount of regrets that you may live with because you've taken on the risk of, of facing things that you may not even normally face. Yep. And I think that's a powerful thing because I know that there's certain people listening right now. You've got a ton of regret. You wish you should have, could have, would have because of the fact, but you didn't because you feared the rejection. Mm -hmm. You feared the unknown. You feared things that weren't even real fears to fear to fear in the first place. So the key is to say, okay, I understand that I'm afraid of this, but I'm willing to try and face it anyway mm -hmm. to see what happens. Yep. Do it scared. Yeah, do it scared and do it curious. I wonder what happens if I ask for this, mm -hmm. right? I wonder what they may say and take it lightly. And like, don't internalize it, but really understand that, hey, you know what? Rejection is part of life. It's just part of the learning curve. It's Absolutely. part of learning, period. 
So I hope that this was helpful for you. Again, I want to kind of run through some of the tips that I had that have helped me overcome rejection. Number one, you're not going to die, period. <laughs> Our students quote me all the time and they're like, just do it because Janelle's just going to tell you that you're not going to die, right? Number two, be okay being you because being anything else will make you biz- miserable. You'll Number three, silence your inner critic. That one will tear you up because yeah. your inner critic is louder than any of your haters sometimes. That was number three. Number four, don't think it's all about you. There's likely a bigger reason beyond your scope of understanding. Next one, be constructive and focus on what you can learn from the situation. And really quick, for the the part where it said it's not about you, mm-hmm. be okay with just saying, I don't really know why. I don't know why I was rejected, but I'm I, I'm going to work on this thing. But I'll get better. And I'll get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. It was a just not yet. Right. It wasn't a no. It wasn't like a hard no. It was just like a mm, not yet. Right. That's that. just what I think you should just take all, all of your rejection. If you put yet behind things, it's so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just like times I'm thinking about when I was building the business in the beginning and there were times that I would like go into a building, let's say, talk to a building inspector or the health inspector and be like, hey, is it okay if we do this? And the answer was no. I wouldn't walk out with my tail between my legs. I'd just walk out and be like, he means not yet. Like, just he means not yet, but he's going to eventually cave. Yeah. (laughs) Why? Because I think I'm real persistent. Yeah. And I think that we have done so many things that require rejections that even doing this was tough, this episode, because Mm -hmm. we couldn't remember the rejections. Like you quickly forget. Right. Right. And so it was through kind of the stream of consciousness of talking about it where you started to go, oh, yeah, I was rejected for that. I was rejected for that. But I'll tell you, I'm rejected all the time, (laughs) though. It's just I don't make meaning of it. Right. Like you get rejected all of the time, time. too. Right. All the time. I just don't give it any meaning. It has no weight on me. Like if I was like, hey, I want to be a New York Times bestselling author and I'm going to take this book and I'm going to go shop it to a bunch of publishing, you know, publishers or something. And they said, no, I would take it as they mean not yet. Yeah. And I would get better as a writer and I would get better and I would learn more about the book industry. Whatever it was that I wanted to do, I'm not going to get a yes probably out of the gate. Right. But I also know that if I take it as a learning and take it as a not yet and keep practicing, eventually that rejection turns into an absolutely we would love to have you. Yeah. So rejection turns into acceptance when I think you persist. A hundred percent. So and I it, hope this was helpful for you guys. Did you want to say something? I'll, else? I'll just say the last thing. It's just if you know what you want in your life, like the big vision that you want for for your life. If you know that whether it's I want to start this amazing business, I want to have this amazing relationship, I want to have this amazing career, and you know that that's what you want. Keep that in the back. Let that pull you through the rejections because you've got to have a bigger reason that's greater than the fear. You've got to have something that really you really want more than you really than you're willing to allow yourself to be in fear. Yep, agree. So push through the rejection, you guys. We're here cheering you on, hugging you, loving you along the way. But you can do this. We believe in you. Keep us posted. Leave us a review. Let us know if this was helpful for you. And we look forward to uh, people telling you no. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.